Wow, that was good stuff, wasn't it? Good sound. Do you guys know that song, the words, something about softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. It, it, it's a song that conveys the heart of God for people who, who aren't a part of God's family. And uh, wow, that was, that was beautifully done. My name is Dan Peterson, and it's a privilege to be here at Old North today. I, <clears throat> I have the privilege of working with... Uh, uh, Old North and the whole conference of churches that Old North is a part of uh, called Converge. And uh, we have 100 churches here in this uh, mid-Atlantic region and then about uh, 12, 1,300 churches all across the United States and uh, ministries going on all over the world as well. And uh, you know what? It, it's, it's just been amazing to me to ha- have sort of watched from a distance What's been happening here at Old North, our office, my office is over in Poland. Uh, I've had the privilege of staying connected with the staff, the elders, uh, certainly with Pastor Al Detter uh, over these past two years. And then the opportunity to become acquainted with Pastor Nick and to see how uh, things have moved forward and now we're soon to uh, have the arrival of our new pastor here at Old North Church. I am so excited about that, and I, I got to tell you guys, from kind of watching it a little bit at a distance and also looking at it to some extent close up, God is doing this. God is putting these pieces together, and uh, we're looking forward, I'm looking forward to a whole new chapter of impact and ministry here and through us at Old North Church. I'm so glad that my wife, Sandy, is able to be here today. Uh, she's the much better half of our, of our uh, family and relationship. Grateful that she could travel. Our home is in Mansfield, Ohio, and so glad that she could be here. Converge is uh, a network of, like I said, churches that are also doing amazing things. Um, as we're talking about Africa and ministry uh, to Kenya here this morning, uh, there's a team I'll actually have the privilege of traveling with that's leaving on Thursday to go to Ukraine. Um, this, will, uh, this will be just a small team, but we've had to take a one-year hiatus because of the, the unrest in Ukraine, but now teams are going back, and we're going to be ministering in churches over there in western Ukraine. Appreciate your praying for us. We have a, just an awesome Bible camp out at Burton, Ohio, Camp Burton, uh, I just heard a report this morning of Old North middle schoolers that uh, uh, were a part of the camping program there at, at Burton and then came back and did some ministry here in Youngstown and you guys were sharing your faith and people were coming to faith in Christ. Unbelievable. This, this is really good stuff. Um, we've had the, I've had the privilege of working in, in the last number of months with some Vietnamese uh, pastors and leaders. And I know this is a crazy sounding story, but we're bringing a family over from Vietnam to plant, to start a new church, a Vietnamese uh, congregation, believe it or not, in Cleveland, Ohio. There's a Vietnamese community there in Akron and Cleveland, and um, the Vietnamese uh, movement in our conference of churches is just going crazy. And uh, we're seeing... uh, People, these Vietnamese immigrants coming to faith in Christ, and it's just a wonderful thing. So pray for Pastor Hung is his name. Uh, he, he, his wife is, and children are still in Vietnam. He's been in the U.S. 
For three and a half years, he's been separated from his family for that period of time. They Skype each other every morning, every night. And uh, now, through the immigration work we've been able to do as a converged network, we're, we're able to get all the paperwork so his family can come and they can work together to serve Jesus here in Ohio. It's going to be a wonderful thing. So, hey, thanks for letting me come and, uh, and just be a part of the service and share together today. If you guys have your Bibles, would you turn to um, the book of Acts? And I'd like to read a few verses from Acts chapter 11 this morning. Acts chapter 11, starting with verse 19. And, uh, you know, just follow along uh, as I read the story here. It's, it's the story of the church at Antioch, uh, a, a town there that uh, had some pretty amazing things in the New Testament times. Acts chapter 11, starting with verse 19. Hey, it's great to hear, you know, kind of pages of the Bible sort of rustling and stuff. That's, that's great. Verse 19, now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Verse 25, then Barnabas went to Tarsus, to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. That's pretty cool. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. And then chapter 13, just a couple verses there. Chapter 13, verse 1. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Yeah, I'd like to talk for just, uh, just a few minutes this morning about dreaming new dreams for Christ and his church. Dreaming new dreams for Christ and his church. Hey, would you guys just bow for a word of prayer with me as we, kind of, as we start? Lord, I thank you so much for, for this uh, really beautiful day. And I, I thank you for Old North Church. God, I just thank you for every person that's here and for the, just the wonderful privilege that we have to, to be 
the church, to be your people. And uh, God, as we open up uh, the, the story of the church at Antioch and we un unpack a little bit of the dreams that, that you have for, had for that church, God, help us to get a picture of the kind of dreams that you want to see happen here in the, in the next chapter, next chapters of ministry for, for us here at Old North Church. God, we just give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Watching the uh, U.S. Uh, women's soccer uh, team uh, take down Japan in the World Cup reminded me of a dream that started to percolate back in the 1960s and, and 70s in the heart of a, of a young hockey player. Um, I don't know if some of you guys remember, but Olympic hockey uh, during the 60s and 70s for the U.S. fell on hard times, right? The, the Russians, the Russian national team, they, they, uh, they won every, seemed like every Olympic championship. I mean, the, the Russians were, were, were stronger, they were more experienced, they were paid obviously a whole lot more money <laughs> than our volunteer college players were, were, were getting, hopefully, probably nothing. But the, the American uh, Olympic hockey uh, team was in the, the doldrums. It, things were not looking well. The last Olympic championship that the U.S. had was 1960, and uh, there was this young hockey player, later to be a coach, that watched in 1960 in his living room the, the Americans take down, uh, I think the Russians, and, and win the gold medal, and then for this 20-year period of time, the Americans never won uh, a gold medal in Olympic history. And Herb Brooks uh, started to have a dream about a day when American U.S. hockey, the hockey team would again be the Olympic champion. And uh, as, as he dreamed while he was coaching the University of Minnesota Gopher hockey team, he started to think about uh, a team that, that was comprised, yes, of college players, but players that were more physically fit, that were trained better, players that were faster, and he adopted sort of a hybrid style uh, that uh, he thought, in his dreams, could take down the Russian national team. And I'm sure many of you guys saw uh, in that movie, Miracle on Ice, uh, the, the incredible story of 1980 when, when the Americans in Lake Placid, New York, beat the Russian national team and went on to win the gold medal again for the United States. I, I think about that championship every day that I go into my office over in Poland. I have a, a picture. It's an autographed picture of uh, the players as they're celebrating on the ice that victory as they won the, the gold medal in 1980. The power of a dream. I had the opportunity, Sandy and I had the opportunity just a couple of months ago to travel over to Lancaster, uh, PA, and we saw at that Sight and Sound, have you guys, have you been there? That, that Sight and Sound theater, we saw, nobody's been there? Oh, a, few, a couple people have been there. We, we saw the, the story of Joseph, you know, in this live drama. And, you know, the, the ridiculous dreams that Joseph had of, his brothers, as these sheaves represented uh, his brothers, bowed down before him. And then a second dream, the sun and the moon and the stars bowed down before Joseph. 
And then, you know, you see in the story the, 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 the incredible opposition. He's thrown in the jail. He's abused. He's, he's sold by his family. He's all of this stuff. And yet the dream didn't die. The dream lived on and was realized later on in his life. This week I was, I was reading about uh, a dream that some people had back in uh, 1936. These were, these were some Christ followers who lived in Canfield, Ohio. And uh, they started to dream about a church in Canfield that would teach the Bible and that would make a difference in the lives of children and families for Jesus Christ. They organized 21 members and they named, the na- they named their church Ye Old North Church. And our church was birthed almost 80 years ago through people that had this incredible dream to make a difference for Jesus, the power of a dream. I remember some of the conversations back in the, uh, in the, in the mid-90s when we worshipped over at, at the Skyline building. And uh, my late wife, Linnea, was the children's ministry director. We didn't have just, we had nowhere to put all the kids that were coming. Awana was, we just didn't have any room. The worship services were packed three times. And we started to dream about a new facility. And through the hard work and skin in the game that a lot of you guys, a lot of people had over the years, here we are, realizing the fulfillment of a dream that people had a good number of years ago. We're moving into a new chapter. We've, we've seen God work through the past. We're thankful for the ministry that uh, Pastor Brent and Lori, we're thankful for the ministry of, of Pastor Al, amazing. But now we're moving into a new chapter. And it seems to me that God wants his people, really, to start dreaming again about what God wants to do in us and through us in this next chapter. I'm not convinced he wants us to just, you know, be glad that we're here and be thankful for what he's done. Yeah, we we are thankful. But I'm convinced that God wants some new dreams to be dreamed in you and in me and in us as a church. The church at Antioch is a story of some amazing dreams that, that came to reality. There, there was the, the, the dream to extend the impact of the good news to, to people that were outside of the Jewish faith. You all, that was, that was a totally new idea. The church was an insider thing. It was comprised of Jewish people. But now, here in the Antioch church... The dream that Jesus talked about that God always had, that we would be a blessing to all people. That that dream started to become a reality as these pagan people, Greek-speaking people, started coming to faith in Christ and were a part of the church. There was a dream to grow deep in the scriptures and develop a faith that was strong and vital, not just based on a creed, not just based on the Old Testament law, but a, a faith that was strong and vital. We see that unfolding here the church at Antioch. There, were, there was a dream to live lives of generosity. Jesus had talked about this. The Old Testament had planted seeds of, you know what, God has, has brought together his people. Why? To be a blessing. And now, in the midst of an economic downturn, when things are tough, the church at Antioch 
lives out this spirit of generosity that collects an offering to give to those that have a greater need. In the midst of struggle, they, they, they lived out this generosity, the dream of a, of a spirit of generosity. There was a dream to multiply all that God was doing here, here to multiply it in other places. It, it was the idea, you know what, God doesn't just want the church at Antioch to just be a cool church. He wants to reproduce what is going on there in other places. And in chapter 13, we see the church sending out their two top leaders to multiply, to reproduce what was going on. The, the problem I have when I look at the story of the church at Antioch, to be honest with you, is when I, when I look at this story, I say, you know what, this is a great story. This is a powerful church. This is an impact church. But when I look at the story here, it's like this isn't just something for the first, gen first century church. This isn't just something for the church at Antioch. It seems to me that the dreams that were being lived out in the church at Antioch are dreams that God wants every Christ-centered, Bible-teaching, life-giving church to fulfill. So I just want you to notice in the few minutes that, that we have this morning, notice four of the dreams that flow out of the church at Antioch, which I'm convinced God wants to see occur in every Christ-centered, Bible-teaching church. Four dreams that I believe he wants to see fulfilled here through us at Old North. First, uh, first of all, what I see when I look at the story of the church at Antioch, I see God's dream for his church. I see God's dream for his church that involves touching our community in the name of Jesus. I see the dream of Christ church touching our community in the name of Jesus. When I, when I look at the, the story of the church at Antioch, it's interesting to me. Luke is the author of the book of Acts. He mentions the name of the city Antioch. He mentions it six times here in chapter 11. He mentions it again in chapter 13. I get the sense that Luke sees the church at Antioch and this is consistent with how Jesus taught and how uh, other New Testament churches describe the role of the church. I see the church at Antioch really being the church in the city and the church for the city. It's like God has put the church in a community for a purpose. And that purpose is to be Jesus to the community. It, 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 it's the kind of thing that, when I think about it, it involves pastors and leaders who see their calling to a community as much as to a congregation. It involves all of us, you guys, all of us, as members and friends of, of Jesus' church to see our primary role, our primary ministry happening out there in the world. It, it, it involves being Jesus in, our, in, our, in the shop, at school, at, at, in the office, in our neighborhood. It, it involves recognizing the fact that God has put us on mission in our world. And, uh, and, and as that dream, how can you use me, Lord, as that dream unfolds in my life, in our life, we fulfill the dream that God has for his church. I, I was... Uh, 
I've, I've been challenged. One of our churches out in, in Penn State, uh, Calvary Church, State College, PA, they work together with other uh, churches in the center region of Pennsylvania, and every year they close down the doors on Sunday, on the weekend, they close down the doors of their church. Hello? That doesn't make a lot of sense. But Pastor Dan Nold and the leaders of Calvary Church have decided, you know what, we're going to have one Sunday a, a year when we don't worship together, but we are going to be the church. And they go out on that Sunday into the community. And they minister to people that have need. They, they share the love of Jesus in practical, tangible ways. And I've heard Pastor Dan Noel tell stories of people that have come to faith in Christ as the church is determined to find ways to bless its community. One of our, one of our church planters down in Raleigh, uh, Durham, North Carolina, tells, tells a story of they were meeting in a school, uh, an elementary school as a new church, and they adopted this school. And uh, every year for the first couple of three years they were in the school, they put on a breakfast for the teachers at the beginning of the school year just to bless the teachers and thank them for the use of the, of the facility. They also decided, you know what, we're going to adopt, to the best that we can, we're going to adopt the high school. And we're going to pick up the trash and the garbage after the Friday night football games. Uh, uh, just a small way to, to be a blessing, to, to try to send a message to the congrega their congregation that, you know what, we're here to, 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 to touch people with the love of Jesus Christ in practical, concrete ways. How can that dream, how can that dream be, be lived out here through us as we move into the next chapter of our life and ministry together? There's a second aspect, though, that I see coming from the story of the church at Antioch. Part of God's dream for his church is that we're involved in touching our community with the love of Christ. But part of God's dream for his church is that we're involved in building bridges with people who are different than we are. We're involved in building bridges with people who are different than we are. The, the diversity of the church at Antioch, as I look at it, was, was something really amazing, chapter 13. You see, the, 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 the church was involved and comprised of people from different cultures, different ethnicities, uh, and they, they, there, there was a sense that the bridges were being built between all these different cultures. And that's part of what caused the church at Antioch to be this global impact church. But I think what Luke is trying to tell us is that part of God's dream for his church is to be about building bridges with people of other cultures, of other faiths, of other worldviews. These churches today uh, help people get close to people who are different than we are. These churches understand that the power of the gospel is the power that breaks down barriers that divide. These are people that work hard to get to know people from other cultures who try to get out of their boxes and out of their comfort zones. I, I, was talking, uh, I was talking just this past week with our, our daughter, Anne-Marie, who lives down in Nashville. Uh, some, of, some people have been asking me, how's Anne-Marie doing? She's doing great, teaching ESL in public school down, down in Nashville. She spent three years in Morocco teaching in an international school, Muslim uh, country, 
And God has planted a heart for, for the Muslim community inside of her. And uh, so she's uh, adopted over the last number of months uh, a Syrian refugee family. And she goes over, volunteers to help these kids in, their, in this family learn English. She helps, has been helping the family kind of get connected with government services and help them kind of get established as a family. I talked to her just this past week and she was telling me that she has this Lebanese Christian woman friend. And this uh, Lebanese uh, former Muslim Christ follower now uh, is organizing an Arab English club in Nashville. And they're going to try to help Arab uh, speaking people learn English and learn to speak English and write read English in, in, in the city of Nashville and she asked Anne Marie if she would volunteer once a week to help with that club and this Lebanese leader said Anne Marie when you come and teach English with these Muslim Arab uh, speaking people what I want you to do is ask them if they have any prayer requests to start the, the, the meeting and then when they share their prayer requests, she said, Anne-Marie, I want you to pray in the name of Jesus that these prayer requests would be answered. Whoa! This is a, a group of, of Muslim people, and she shared with us, with me, that she had her first class this, this past week. And uh, these people came, what, can, what, what are your needs, what are your prayer requests? And she prayed in the name of Jesus, building bridges to people that are different than we are. I, I, was, thinking, I was thinking this past week about my own uh, journey in, in this Ukraine ministry. And, and it, was, it was really amazing to, in the early years, I, Old North played a huge part in helping a, a church in Orzhiv, Western Ukraine, Put up a building, and that building is being used by a church that's doing a tremendous piece of work for Jesus. And we've continued to work with other churches over there. Other churches in our conference are getting involved. And uh, this week, I, I can't believe this. This week, I'll have the privilege of traveling to Ukraine for I believe it's the 26th time, 26th missions trip to Ukraine. I don't say that to brag. It's it's not a lot of fun sometimes, but. I thought about what, what, it, what it's been like for me, and I know for Sandy too, as she's been over there many times, to go on these mission trips. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, you, you, you walk into a house, and this house, you're, you're very familiar with. You know where the hallways are, you know where all the doorways are, you know what every room is like, and you go into the house, and you walk down a familiar hallway and you open up a familiar doorway and you live your life day in, week in, year in and year out going through into the same places and doing the same things that you've always done. But in this house, there's a door that, you know what, I don't know what's over there behind that door because I've never opened up that door. But I can't even tell you what led me to open up the door to Ukraine, but it, in sort of an imaginary way, 15, 16 years ago, I put my hand on the handle of that door and I pushed the door in this imaginary house open and I walked into the room. 
I can't tell you how my life has been changed and transformed because I moved into a place that I had never been before. And I had the privilege of getting to know people who are totally different than what I'm used to. And they see the world in a different way and they have different needs. And, and our lives have been forever changed because we, we opened up this door. Building bridges with people who are different than we are. Part of God's dream, part of God's dream for every church, for his church, is to be building bridges with people who are different than we are. There's a third aspect that I see here in the story of the church at Antioch. Part of God's dream involves touching people uh, who, uh, in the name of Christ, building bridges to people who are different than we are. But part of God's dream involves, part of God's dream for his church involves a spirit of generosity, a spirit of generosity. The, the church at Antioch, they, they lived out this amazing spirit of generosity. They actually, they lived more by faith than they did by fear. And I, I don't know if you if you see this or think about this, but I, I listen to people and their conversations. I try to get a sense, are these people driven by fear or are they driven by faith? And you know what? There's so many people, Christian people, whose lives are driven by fear. But here's a church. Here's a church that didn't let fear, didn't let the current economy, didn't let their current needs get in the way. They lived out this spirit of generosity. And it seems to me that that's part of the dream that God wants to percolate amongst us and through his people. It's like, you know what? When I grew up, my folks taught me to tie. They taught me to give 10% away back to the Lord's work. But does it make sense 40 years, 50 years later to be stuck in that rut and just giving at the same? It doesn't make sense. Lord, I want to have a tender heart. I want to grow in the area of generosity. It's not just finances. It's the, the things that God has blessed us with. It's our time. Sandy's been involved in a, in a Bible study down, down in Mansfield the, the last few months. And these ladies, 15 or 20 of them, they go uh, every week to this, this family's home, this lady's home, and they, they have their Bible study. But it's not just a Bible study. The lady that hosts the Bible study cooks uh, a full-course meal every week. And I, I, I just was astounded when I would hear her tell about what they had uh, the previous Wednesday night uh, over at Jenny and Jeff Morris's home. This past uh, last Sunday, I had the opportunity to uh, meet Jenny and, and Jeff as they invited us to come over to their place for a picnic. And you guys, I'm telling you, here's somebody that understands the spirit of generosity and the ministry of hospitality. They just, they open their home. They open up what God has given them. And, and they become a blessing to other people. This spirit of generosity is a part of the dream I believe God wants from each biblical, Christ-centered, God-honoring church. It's a part of the dream. How can that be a part of my life? How can that, that vision, that, that spirit of generosity be percolated up even more here at Old North? Finally, God's dream for his church involves a vision for multiplication. 
God's dream for his church involves a vision for multiplication. When the church at Antioch uh, figured this out, figured out that what God was doing in Antioch, he wanted to see happen in other places, amazing things started to happen. And they, they sent out Saul and Barnabas to multiply what God was doing uh, there in other places. And we see this movement occur. These churches today, these churches that get this aspect of God's dream for his church, understand that God's vision for his church involves the multiplication of disciples, the multiplication of leaders, and the multiplication of more and more congregations. It, 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 it's sort of the idea, you know what, we want to we reach people, we want to raise them up and train them, we want to send them out. That's God's dream for his church. I was, uh, I was thinking uh, this week about a phone call that I received from uh, the missions committee chairperson at Old North Church. This happened about, it was about 21 years ago. And uh, I still remember uh, the individual uh, and the conversation. He called me up and he said, Dan, uh, we have uh, here at Old North, we have, we got $5,000 that we don't know what to do with. And whoa, I like those kind of calls. Uh, we just wondered if there's a project or any mission deal that you know, maybe we could give this $5,000 to. And uh, I thought for a minute, and I said, you know what? There's a, there's, a, there's a couple that's just graduating from Dallas Seminary, and uh, they're going to be moving from Texas up to Rochester, New York, to plant a church in their home state, in their hometown in Rochester, with our conference of churches. And uh, they, have, they have no support. They, they, they could use... The, the, the support that if Old North would be interested in giving them $5,000 would be a huge thing. Dave said when he uh, went into the conversation, let me get back to you, called me back, and uh, Old North gave $5,000 to help start Lakeshore Community Church in Rochester, New York. I was just up there uh, in April when Lakeshore celebrated their 20-year anniversary. And Pastor Vince and Sudi Paulus stood on the platform and they had other people come up and people were talking about how their life had been transformed, how their marriages had been put together. They talked about how over 600 people have come to faith in Jesus Christ through the ministry of Lakeshore Community Church, how over 500 people have followed Jesus at baptism, how all these mission, operate, mission projects have been helped and resourced through the ministry of Lakeshore Community Church. A vision for multiplication that was started and percolated through our church here and had this incredible impact. When that vision runs deep in our hearts and it plays itself out, when those dreams start to percolate up, how can we reproduce more disciples? What part can I play in multiplying more leaders? What part can we play as a church in expanding the impact of the kingdom? God's dreams become a reality. Sandy and I attended the uh, retirement <clears throat> dinner for Pastor Dave Pound down in Mansfield, Ohio. He had planted a Berean Baptist Church 35 years ago, uh, grew to a church of about 1,000, and uh, at the banquet honoring Dave, there were comments that were made about, hey, this was a tremendous ministry that Pastor Dave established and the people were so grateful for the love and care and the way he ministered to them and taught the word of God. But there were also comments about, you know what? 
they gave some people away to open up Crossroads Community Church in, in Ontario. And then later on, they gave some more people away and some resources to help plant New Hope Church in Loudonville. And then New Hope and, and Berean partnered together to open up a campus in Worcester. And then they opened up a campus in Ashland. And then they started a church in urban Mansfield. And as I, I listened to what was going on in this retirement banquet, it's like, you know what, Pastor Dave Pound, he didn't plant a, a tree. He planted an orchard. And the orchards buried all kinds of fruit for Jesus Christ. A vision for multiplication is a part of God's dream. Let me just uh, say this in closing. Dreams often come out of adversity. They come out of difficulty. They come out of times of change. That, that was the case with Herb Brooks back in the 60s and 70s. Um, it certainly was the case with Joseph. It, 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 it came out of this incredible adversity, but there was a dream that was birthed. I think it happened back in 1936 when this group of 21 people said, you know what, we want to see a Christ-centered Bible teaching ministry established in Canfield, Ohio. It certainly was the case in the church at Antioch, living in the midst of uh, economic, spiritual oppression and, and opposition. Yet out of that environment, these dreams were birthed. The church today, our church today, certainly does not have home field advantage. Uh, we, we live in a, in a culture and in, in uh, kinds of communities that are uh, really rooted in secularism and pluralism and materialism and self-gratification. These are the dominant mindsets that people have in our world today. And it's in the midst of these kinds of sort of resistances and this kind of opposition that the dreams that God has for his church are most clearly forged and birthed. And uh, so I just, I just wanted to stop by today. I'm grateful for the opportunity and challenge us here at Old North to dream again about what God wants to do in our community with people who are different than we are through us as we live out the spirit of generosity and as the vision for multiplication grows. Because when God's mission captures the hearts of God's people, there's no stopping what God will do through you and through me. Thanks for letting me stop by. It's been fun. They told me that I'm supposed to close the service in prayer. So uh, do you guys, you want to stand? And uh, let's, uh, let's close with a word of prayer. And let's just pray that God will birth the kind of dreams that he wants to see birth in us and through us in the days ahead. Lord, I just thank you for Old North Church. This church has is, is meant a lot to me, my family, and I am so grateful for what you have done in the past. But Lord, I'm, I'm actually more excited about what I believe you're going to do in the future. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus, that the dreams that you want to see happen that are forged in the word of God, I pray that those dreams would become reality in an even stronger and greater way in the years that lie ahead. Lord, I thank you for the way that you've led in the selection of Pastor Nick and his family to come and serve as our pastors. 
And God, I pray that you would direct them and direct us together that the mission of Jesus would grow and would be realized in just increasingly amazing ways through us in the days ahead. And God, I I just pray that if there would be anyone who's here uh, in the audience today that has never come to a place of placing their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they've never really uh, begun the adventure of following Christ as their leader, as their Lord, God, I pray that you would help them understand that that you uh, have uh, provided the, the sacrifice that is needed for them to have a relationship with a holy God. God, help them to understand that by faith, they can place their trust in Christ and begin the adventure of knowing Jesus that leads to an eternity in heaven. God, I I just thank you and praise you for who you are. And I pray right now that uh, as we leave this place, the abiding presence of the Spirit of Christ would rest upon all who know him, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Divine, this song of ours.